Welcome back everyone to another episode on Talk to Talk with your girl Anita Love from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. God is good. He continues to bless me. My family is blessed. And while another day above ground is always a blessing. And for coming over and supporting me, thank you and God bless. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Talk to Talk. It is Anita Love from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And it is Thriving Thursday. And on my Thriving Thursday, I am thriving to stay stress-free from this job search. I mean, y'all fam, right? This job searching is getting me down at times. I mean, well, it's trying. Um, Looking for a new job is a constant emotional high and lows, you know? battling you know when you're having fear of the unknown you know like will you ever find that job it's like it's enough to make anyone feel frustrated um nervous and anxious and just you know sometimes you just feel bombed out um i know that job hunting is a very intense process that can you know seriously mess with you know people mood for most people, career is closely linked to their identity. So, you know, it's easy to feel like searching for a job is like searching for a piece of yourself. And and then when you find that piece, like, is it in place? Can you feel unsettled? And, um, you know, you feel incomplete, you know? Or you may just feel that by you being unemployed, that you're letting other people down, like your parents, your mentor, your husband, your wife, your children, you know, which makes it even worse. <laughs> and to add all of that, looking for a new job is a constant lesson in dealing with rejections because no matter how many people tell you not to take it personally, let's just be honest rejection stings, it hurts every time. And from personal experience, it can take a major toll on your motivation to, you know, moving forward and, you know, continue to look for that job. You know, you, I couldn't help at times but wonder, like, what's wrong with me? What's preventing me from getting hired? Like, what's the problem? I know that it's normal to feel you know, any, you know, stress and anxiety during the job search process. I know that, but it's difficult and it's just a cycle that you have to break. But, you know, it's just, it's just when you're feeling down about that job search, it's like, how can you cope? You know, um, I do know that there are ways that can help manage the mood you know, when you're job searching. Um, and I know it can also help with, you know, getting through an interview and landing that new role, you know, that you're looking for. Um, but it's still a process, you know. I know when you're creating structure and staying organized, when you take that hiatus, um, seeking out for emotional support, and then knowing your triggers. Like, those are things that I know play a part in, you know, helping you manage those moods and, you know, why you're doing your job search and, you know, 
Because I know with me, with structure, I I need that. You know, I crave that, you know. And, and you know, it's creating a schedule, boundaries for that job search. For me, it helped at that, um, that sense of control in my life, which, you know, it sustained my motivation and it, it helped me thinking positive. Or, like, I set aside a certain amount of time each morning, specifically to work on updating my resume and putting in applications. And even trying to attend, like, certain networking things. So by me incorporating those structures into my daily, you know, routine of job search, I was accomplishing small wins every day. And that that helped me foster that positive feeling of self-efficiency that I was looking for. A sense that I, I am capable of finding a new job, knowing that I'm able to accomplish goals set for myself and I can revive my me wanting motivation and flip my mindset around staying um, organized. Now, that's, that's more important. Like, being more organized, it's like you become, you won't become so overwhelmed and and fall victim to the worst case scenarios of um, their take one look at my resume and laughing me out the room or why bother I won't get that job anyway or, you know what I mean? For like breaking down my job search into like smaller, like more manageable tasks, it helped a big deal, you know? That daunting process, it felt less overwhelming and more within my control, if you know what I mean. And, like, being out of work is like taking a hiatus in a sense. Like, it helped me line up as many interviews as I could fit into a short period of time. And it it may seem like the best strategy to land a role, you know, that ideal job quickly, but... When you feel unmotivated and you feel burnt out, it's like it's important when you if you pace yourself. I think I wanted to take a break from interviewing <laughs> job searching altogether. You know, that length of of that recovery. I think it is it, it de- depending on my individuals, everybody's individual circumstances, but generally the more um detached and listless that I feel, the more time I, I've, you know, I need for me to feel disconnected and to recoup, you know, by taking those occasional breaks. And, you know, I think it gave myself time to do an internal audit of my emotional and physical well-being. And it, and I was able to replenish and reserve myself, you know, that I needed. Um using um, the time of me not working to physically rest and to work on other priorities that um, was still beneficial to my job search. Um, um, Setting up networking dates, um, deepening my network connections, investing efforts, and finding a mentor who can support me when, you know, I pick my search back up and things of that nature. Now, getting a job is very, very important to me. Keeping myself healthy in the process is also an essential long-term investment as well. And so I looked, you know, I seek the emotional support from people. You know, the job search, it stirred up challenging emotions for me. 
Like I didn't realize I had fears and, you know, I, limiting my beliefs that I can even keep up, you know, at night, you know, I realized that by me bottling up those reactions that, um, perpetuating, um, the production of stress of hormones and, you know, within my entire body, which continued to bring me down. So I had to take those emotions as a signal to make changes in my behavior, my, my outlook. And it was a great way, um, to do that was to turn to my friends and family member. And, you know, they provided me with a helpful reminder that they loved me, they cared for me, and they were, you know, I was a person that they valued despite the challenges that I was going through that I was currently facing. And simply talking through my emotions with another person it was it was an effective way of me processing my challenging, messy emotions. You know, engaging with um, trusted family and friends. You know, therapists can also help. You know, if if you were someone that rather go to a therapist, you know, they can help you uncover those limiting benefits that are like possibly holding you back, and you know, can help you learn how to turn those things around. But we have, you know, we have to know our triggers too. You know, you have to ask yourself those questions like what situations that make me feel the most bumped out or trigger stress? That's what I ask myself. So you ask yourself what situations make you feel the most bummed out or what triggers your stress? Like maybe you were sent into this tailspin of uncertainty when you, you know, you don't hear back right away after you've done an interview. Maybe... Um, the longer you experience that no communication, that silence, the less motivation you have for yourself to continue your search. And you might even like possibly self-sabotage by canceling other interviews that you should have kept. And so if you can identify those situations, people are, are people, because people can trigger those things too. Um, your Your frustration, I think you like I did, can anticipate reaction and create emotional buffers that can help you cope better. You know, for instance, like, if you could ask your interviewer directly when you can expect to hear back, which can lessen the impact of that trigger. You know what I'm saying? Like, the road to landing a job, for me, have seemed very endless. And... It have been taking a major troll on my emotional well-being. But just like I wouldn't go into work if I had the flu, I can't go through that interview process without caring for myself, for my physical and mental and emotional health. And so I have to do that to... Um, to get to where I, you know, where I'm healthy, you know. Um, it's just that way to hear your higher thing. It's very, very daunting, you know. It's just, um, and I know it's natural to want to feel like, 
you know, you're being proactive in every moment, you know. But some of those behaviors just won't, they just don't help, you know. So, um, you just have to keep applying for those jobs and waiting for responses and preparing yourself doing those interviews and for those interviews and um you just have to keep um working on it you know it's like when you're putting applications I think for me I I guess I guess you could say I'm like venting a little yes venting I'm gonna say venting because um, I don't know. I went to one interview, and I had been out of you know been out. I've been out of work for like what three months now, and it's like they asked me if I have a Facebook, and they asked things that were on, I don't know, like, I mean, I know that they're trying to find the perfect candidate to put in these positions on these jobs, but honestly, it's frustrating. Like, I don't know, like, what else to say. You know, you have a college degree, you have certifications, you have a license, you have X amount of years of experience, but yet these employees still don't think that you're good enough, you know. One employee said that if we hire you, we have to fly you, what, clean across the country. And we'll pay for your flight, we'll pay for your hotels and meals. Um, You have to do a seminar, you know, or whatever. And then you have to do uh, some type of, it's, it's, I don't know, if it's not really hired, it's like a, process I don't know um but I guess it was just weird and then all of a sudden they said are you willing to to take this on and I'm like what so it's like you want me to possibly take a job where you're going to fly me clean across the world do some type of seminar thing and it's not a guarantee that I have the job or not. I don't know. It was just, it, it's just things like that, you know? Um, so I guess it's just, I guess it's like, how do people not want to work? Like how do people get comfortable with that? Not working, you know, because I've, I've been trying. I've tried. I mean, I really, really have. And I feel like I've been giving it my all. But regardless, you know, my my efforts, for some reason, I can't find it. You know, it's frustrating. And, you know, it's a little crushing. But I'm not in despair. So it's not that bad. But it's like... I just want to do my best to maintain hope and to stay motivated. And I know it's the only way that I will actually be able to make progress. Um, 
like I said, I, I, I felt like it was like two weeks, I think, that I didn't have no interviews. No interviews. I was putting in applications and things of that nature, but I didn't have any interviews. So I was like, take this as a break. Um, and don't look at it as you're ditching your job search or anything like that, but just take a break. Um, and actually, it actually made me feel better. And then, you know, I was reading where they said, go where the jobs are. You know, some people will move to a different city, state, or country in order to find that job in their field. I'm not prepared to do that. Um, and I don't think that I have to do that. That doesn't mean that I shouldn't look specifically where jobs are, knowing um, the industry or the business in which I'm hiring. Um but I don't think that I have to, like, look at trying to relocate, you know what I mean? Even sprucing up my resume online, you know, because I read where they were saying that the majority of hiring managers look at a person's online presence even before reaching out to them for a job interview. And, you know, they always ask, how do your social media profiles look? Are they mishmash of public and family photos and things of that nature? Ensure that your online presence is up to date and professional and take the time to clean out your profiles or create some new ones that show you a more professional light and keep them current so that potential bosses can see that you're active on social media for all the right reasons. Um, then they say get skilled or go to school or both which I am skilled and <laughs> I did go to school. Because um, if we being honest, truth be told, you know, when you're applying for jobs that you weren't exactly qualified for, but if you think you can like slip past the potential employee or the application tracking system, which is designed to weed out unqualified candidates, I think this would be the time for people to think again. Now, I'm not saying that I haven't met people that were able to get hired in places and they wasn't a good candidate, but I'm just saying don't even try to rock the boat. You know what I mean? And then change your mindset because it's easy to feel defeated. I mean, I've been I've been job searching for what feels like a long time. And it might be a chance that I'm not putting all my best efforts into each and every application that I submit. I think that I am. Um, but there are times when I think that I'm going to get the job anyway. So, you know, why bother writing a new cover letter for the position or things of that nature? So maybe I need to stop thinking that way. Um, then I even could, I even been considering going through a temping agency, you know, because you have bills and, you know, you have things that you're accustomed to doing and, you know, and sometimes you get how you're offered permanent positions once that original gig ends. So that's a good, you know, way to look at it. And then networking, you know, networking can feel a little smoothy and phony and things of that nature. And it can be hard to sell yourself to every person that you meet at a networking event, but networking still stands to be one of the best ways, in my opinion, to meet new people and to generate new leads and things of that nature. So, um, online networking events, I can, you know, do from the comfort of my own home. So that is great results too reviewing my resume. I did that a few times. I've been looking over it and um, things of that nature. I've updated it quite a few times. It's just, you know, I had to pinpoint the problem because, you know, it's, like I said, it's been a struggle to find a job. 
And, you know, sometimes I found myself like, why? And I think part of the job search process was giving me the most trouble is that, you know, I can't find jobs that I want to apply to or or I don't hear back from employers after putting in an application with them or I'm not getting the interviews. I'm getting passed over for positions. And, you know, I had to... I wanted to understand why I can't find a job, you know? So I did tell myself that if I'm not getting invited to interviews, I have to wonder if it's my application, if my application is the best it can be. You know, I had to make sure that my resume had like a modern format and it contains relevant work experience to the job that I'm applying to. And I had to, you know, it's like, what about a cover letter? You know, is it genetic or edited for each position? Taking time for me to customize my application. Um, so, you know, those are things that I had to, like, take and, you know, just look at. So, I'm not giving up. You know, I'm not. It's going to happen. So, I'm not relocating. (laughs) But I do think it's going to come. And I do think that when it do come, when I get it, it's going to be the best thing for me. I do believe that. Um, Because had I not been let go of, I probably wouldn't have this newfound appreciation of myself. And, you know, I wouldn't have never left somewhere that wasn't a good fit for me anymore because I was afraid to leave that job because I didn't want to let people that I work with down. I didn't want to start over. I didn't want to leave a a horrible situation and go somewhere else and it was 10 times worse. Um... I just didn't want to, I didn't want to go through that. And I just was, you know, I'd already game plan in my head that I was going to take a break from work and just concentrate on school. But it's like now, every time you turn around every semester, there's a thing with school that's out of my control. And so it's like, they're not doing what they're supposed to do on their end. And it's really stressing me out as well, or at least trying to stress me out, you know, um, I knew how valuable my skills are and was. I've been doing the same job for so long that I didn't think, I I don't think that some of the people around me, new supervisors, understood what my credentials was worth anymore because I'd been there so long. Um... I never really took off a lesson I really had to. Um, I really like what what I do for a living. But <laughs> the office politics, <sighs> supervisors, um, it's just, it made the job life too stressful at times you know and then it gets to the point where when 
when I lost the job, I didn't know if I wanted to find another job in the same field that I, I had been working in. You know, I was thinking of a career change. I was, you know, thinking of like starting my own business or just, like I said, concentrate just on school. Um, I just wasn't sure. Um, but it was just so many anxieties that I was feeling, you know, um, making sure that my finances was in order, you know, because it's not like I I quit the job, you know. So I had to work on my finances, even if, you know, even though I didn't plan on quitting that way, you know, sometimes things beyond your control happens. Um, so I learned <laughs> that no matter what, you have to have a good financial plan that includes a budget, that includes a timeline for paying down debts and to clear saving goals as an emergency fund and to guide your decisions when you make those type of decisions or if something were to happen and you were to lose a job, you know, you have to prioritize and figure out what your priorities are. Um, I had to think about what it was that I really wanted and then let that guide my decisions about whether or not what was important and what wasn't important, you know. Lately, I've been dreaming about finding my dream job. But I had to let go of all the logical arguments for staying in the job that I was in for so long. And, and you know, just for a little while each day, I had to imagine what my dream job would look like. And, you know, I do a, a journal on my phone where I write lots of notes to myself. And I do some visualizations, exercises, anything that inspires me to imagine a better place for myself. And I had to let my inner wisdom guide me. You know, sometimes letting go of that that those pros and cons lists that are endless and just listen to your intuition. I think sometimes that's the only way that we can face our fear, you know, when we get fired or we quit a job or things like that happen. Um, but when you're quitting a job that's out of your control, it's nothing you can do about it. But if you decide that you're going to quit a job before you make a decision to quit your job, just make sure that you have actual identified the real problem at that job. And so if you get fired and you start looking at another job, realize what the real problem was because there was a problem there. And then you ask yourself what goals, you know, quitting your job will help you achieve or getting fired is going to help you achieve from here with the decision bring you closer to your goals. And, and But don't overestimate or underestimate your capabilities and give yourself time to think through your decisions on what the next step to do. Make a list if you have to, like make a list of 10 things that you do instead of quitting a job or instead of um, soaking in the fact that you were fired. Um, and then just ask yourself any of the alternatives would be better suited for you. Use a mind map, do pens, papers, post-it notes, and file, you know, have cards that explore your options, you know, lay the alternatives on a big table and move them around and organize them, things that I need. Give yourself credit for making the best decision that you can without the information that is available to you, you know. Making money without a job, I mean, there are plenty of ways to make money without a job, 
you can ride share with a lift. You can sell or rent your stuff. You can donate your egg or sperm. <laughs> you can earn cash while shopping. You know, I use Ebates. You know, Ebates is easy to use and it offers you cash back for purchase that you are already making. They also have this online survey thing where you take um, surveys online. It does not require experience or a large investment and it's free to get started, but they pay you like five cents and 25 cents. So it's a lot of surveys that you have to do in order for you to just be making some money. So I'm just saying. Um, but if you're on that job and you're dealing with stress and you're coping with stress, take some steps, figure out ways to manage your stress. If you decide that now is not the right time for you to walk away from that job, don't lose sight of your purpose. So, you know, ditch that multitasking efforts, you know, research shows that multitasking harms accuracy, speed, and overall productivity. Do not split your focus to juggle tasks. Consider shrinking as an alternative technique for getting more out of your day. You know, don't obsess over perfection. Just strive to achieve your best. That's it. Blow off that steam. Managing stress in a workplace by escaping the office, you know. Take a little walk and start your day off right. Get a full night's rest and rise on time in the morning with your intent on having a good day. It, I, For me, it helped minimize my stress outside of work with proper nutrition and planning and all that stuff. Telecommute. Sometimes the solution is right in front of you. Telecommuting can help reduce the stress that you're feeling and so can asking for a raise from your boss if you feel that you aren't being fairly compensated. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So, I don't know. It started off with me being stressed out, and now it's just, it took a life of its own. (laughs) So, I'm just like, I don't know. I just think that going through what I'm going through, and everything that's coming up with school and how some of these schools and these financial aid departments and the bruiser department, I don't think they appreciate the students enough. I think they take the students for granted and they don't care that it makes it so much harder. And then when you're, when you are a parent or whomever, and you have a lot going on with your family, or you have work, and you have this, and you have that, and they do things that cause to inconvenience you, where you're trying to figure out how you're going to get everything done before school starts, it's frustrating, and it's very stressful. And so, right now, I'm at the point now where I don't even know if I'm going to school in the spring. I I been did my schedule for spring. I did my schedule for spring um, back up in December, and school start next week, next Monday. My schedule was good up until um, last week. They changed my schedule, so I had to readjust my schedule. And so once I readjusted, there were classes that I had to take off and then had to accept the fact that I'm going to have evening classes. So then I'm like, everything is set, everything is good. So now, yesterday, my classes was dropped again and I have no idea why because I passed last semester so I don't know what's going on um fees are paid so I don't owe any money to the school so I'm like figure out what's going on and if you can't figure it out just give me a full refund of my money and I'm done 
Like, I can't keep doing this. At this point in my life, in my age, I'm good with where I'm at for as a career in this type of field. I wanted to do a to to get my art in just to feel accomplished with a goal that I set for myself as a young girl that changed and altered because I became a mother young, I got married young, and family was important. So my journey was taking the the long way before I came full circle into me going back working on my RN. Um, and so I've never been embarrassed about how I went about doing things, but I always tell, you know, young girls, my daughters that don't make life harder than what it has to be. You know, make it simple for you. If you got people in your corner that loves you and support you and trying to be there for you, just listen to them. You may not like what they're saying. You may not, you may be like, oh my God, they act like they know everything. Especially you got friends that feel like your parents don't let you do things that don't let you outside the house. I promise you, you're going to look back and you're like, dang, I should listen to my mama. Dang, I should listen to my auntie. I you're going to look back and you're going to be like, why I ain't listen? You know what I mean? So it's just why I make it harder for you than what it has to be. That's all I'm saying. And so those are things that I'm at right now when it comes to school and me come to not working. But I do have a job interview tomorrow. Yay. So wish me luck on that. Hopefully it works out. It comes to me. You know what? God is really good to me because through these months of me struggling or whatever, I haven't been homeless. <laughs> you know, I haven't been trying to figure out where Christmas is going to come from and where um, food is going to be coming from. You know, for the most part, we've always been responsible when it comes to taking care of business and trying to put money aside. And when you have someone that loves you, you know what I mean? That makes everything good. So that's important, but not everybody have that luxury. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, I'm so used to working and then it's been like a few months. So now it's like, I got to get something going. I got to do something, you know, I, I can't just be, although I feel like I'm working when I'm networking and I'm putting in applications and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. I don't feel like I'm not working, but I'm not getting a paycheck for it. You know what I mean? So that's where I'm at with it. But, you know, I feel better, though. I feel better. So thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to me go on my rant about not working and trying to encourage y'all while I encourage myself to not let my anxiety and stress take over with me not working because it is a struggle. It is. And I am I have to be honest with my fam and friends out there that listen to my podcast because, that's the only thing I know how to do, you know, be honest. And some things that I say is based off my opinion, but it's opinion of what I feel, not me just saying what somebody wants me to say. Now, in this world of 2019, and it, it ain't just started in 2019, it's been going on for a while. Everyone wants people to be political correct. And no one wants people to be honest about the things that they feel and the things that they, they say and think, unless you are a different race. Now, I don't know what it feels like to be gay and things of that nature. I don't know what it feels like to be a supervisor where you feel like you're not being respected. I don't know what it feels like to be one of R. Kelly's survivors. I don't know, you know, I don't know what it feels like to do to be in a lot of situations. But as a black woman that have been discriminated against, that have felt racism, that had people be hateful to her because she's tall and she's black and things of that nature, I know what it feels like to be judged. 
off of someone else or because of your race. I know what all that feels like. And even with that, I still feel that there's good. I still believe that things can be better and things can be good. I'm Maybe I'm just a hopeful fanatic. I don't know, but I still feel that that is possible in this world, you know? Um, I do feel, and I probably will always feel, that love is the way to conquer and fix a lot of hatred that's going on in this world. You know, I just, you know, I just feel so many things. And I just, you know, I'm disappointed by a lot of things, <laughs> including me not working so long. But, and I do feel like a part of me have been blackballed in certain areas. But blackballing me haven't allowed you to accomplish what you were trying to accomplish. You didn't, you know, you painted this picture like I did something to you and everybody knows the truth now. And so you haven't been able to solidify a good replacement and everybody's still looking like, why would you do this to her? And not only to her, but to us too, because she was a good worker. She was a good person. And I think that for me is probably the best thing out of them firing me when it comes to that place. Like this person tried to paint a picture of me through the eyes of judgment from somebody else and it backfired. And then you got opportunity to see even the doctor that threw something at me years ago that, that I didn't want to work with and that I felt completely uncomfortable and unsafe around because he had a habit of throwing things at people and being disrespectful to people and yelling, really women, yelling at women and just being a bully to women. Even he didn't understand why he made the decision that he made. But all of them did nothing to protect me in that situation. Like all of them heard how he was talking to me and none of them said anything. So not to go back down that road, I think the best thing about the thing, I think the situation, I think it was supposed to happen. I wish that it didn't happen the way that it happened. Um, but I, I think that it was supposed to happen and by it happening, it opened his eyes up that you judge me wrongly. I was a better person than you thought I was and that you allow yourself to get to know. And it came back and bit you. And now it can't be just, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? It can't be just, I made a mistake because you can't fix it because it's, it, it was too much damage that was done. And so I think a part of them felt like because I stayed after the doctor situation that I would have came back from this, but I couldn't. Because I would have never been able to look at him as a supervisor. And the respect that I had for him, there wasn't any. So I had to. One of us had to. And I knew that it wasn't going to be him that got fired. I knew that even them asking me to come back, they weren't going to fire him to ask me to come back. So it was, it was supposed to happen. But I'm glad that he learned that you made a mistake about me. You know, that was the only good thing about it when it came to that place. Before it's me, I've grown more. I've learned more about myself and I've reconnected with certain things about me. And again, it opened up some old wounds that I thought that I had dealt with and, and got past. It did open up some some old wounds that I'm getting through. Even the R. Kelly situation have opened up some old thoughts and things that I thought that I was better at or had gotten through. Um but anybody that's 
looking for a job or contemplating losing a job. I know it's stressful. I know it's hard. And I know that those emotions are real up and down. I know it. Just stay true. Stay strong. Stay structured. You know, take a break if you have to, you know, you know, network, clean up your networking, clean up your social page and all that good stuff. So just be mindful of those things is all I'm saying. Um, That's my time. And I I thank you guys for listening. I appreciate you. You have a good thriving Thursday. It's almost Friday. (laughs) Wish me luck. Peace, guys. Thank you for your ear and your support. I appreciate you so much. You have no idea.